You've all heard the saying, there is no I in team. Well, that's partly correct. But we each bring a unique perspective and experience when working as a team. So it can be viewed as a collective group of eyes that work together to build a team of success. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. With host Dr. Cass Henry. In today's program, we'll uncover the tools of team success in order to achieve winning results. Now, here is Dr. Cass Henry. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. I'm Dr. Cass Henry and look forward to spending the next hour with you. Just like Goldilocks found out, too hot is never, ever good. And too cold is not good enough. Getting things just right is what helps build success. When it is just right, there is peace within our soul and joy in the heart. And we know that we are moving towards something important. That is the kind of personal success that fuels economic success. Today, we build on how to get it just right as we continue our shared transformational journey with the episode, Building to Last and Ennobling for Success. The world during my lifetime has moved away from building to last to disposable and upgradable lifestyle. In my lifetime, success in life is moved from using things and building relationships to segments of the population using people and bonding with things. Success in life is truly predicated on each of us understanding the difference between people and things. We use things and we build relationships with people. That means our interactions with things are different from that with people. Our interactions with things could be transactional because transaction is about usage and paying for the usage. But interactions with people should never be transactional because if it is transactional, then we are gonna lose the most important element of a human interaction. Transactions are always focused on payment and outcome. If we build our lives based on using people, then we are missing out on what we need to build for our success. In such a situation, we're not gonna build bonds, we're not gonna get the joy out of building relationships with people, we are not gonna harness happiness, and we are not gonna get to a place of peace where success starts coming automatically. So it's very, very important as we start thinking about how do I build my own transformational journey and using my self-interest, pursue my own goals for my own economic success, how am I going to take that journey by leveraging my relationships with people and building on those relationships for success? And that process of transformational human relationship has the ability to bring the nobleness in each of us. Nobility doesn't just belong to people with blue blood. Nobility is 
any aspirational qualities and ability within each of us to do good and leave this place better than we found it. Therefore, ennobling is part of what we are trying to tap into as we start thinking about building to last and building our success and our lives to last. You may ask, what do I mean by that? What do I mean by building to last? And what does that mean to me as a person, in my life as a family member, in my life as a student or a teacher, in my life as a professional, in the public or private sector? So let me kind of let you pick into my own personal upbringing to give you some insight as to how I saw this whole concept of ennobling and grooming the next generation and building to last come into my life. I grew up as one of four children in a household of two boys and two girls with a dad who was a banker and mom who was a professor in a far, far away island nation all the way across in Asia called Sri Lanka. It is in South Asia, and yes, we do have a slightly different way and culture of raising families that may not always have been in tune with the Western American way of raising children. But from a global perspective, different societies, different cultures raise children differently, and this was my reality. So my dad had a house rule. Even when we were children, we were responsible for everything that happened at home. And regardless of whether we did something or not, we were accountable. And nowhere was that more prominent than this particular situation when my dad came home and my brothers had just spent the whole evening having a humongous argument that ended up in a fight and roughed up the whole house. And my father sat all four of us down. Obviously, we first got our lecture and then we had to go and we each of us had a switch. So we had to bring the, the switch with our name so that we could get punished for the evening. And when we challenged him on why are you punishing all four of us when only the two boys got into this mess, he did not miss a beat in coming back at us in terms of what he expected of all four of us. He said, Boys, when they get irrational and they get rambunctious, they're going to do the things they do, just like you girls are going to do the things you're going to do when it is your moment to let steam off and be the young ladies that you're going to be. But I have two boys and two girls. You're going to be each other's checks and balances. And when the boys are being rambunctious, you girls, you are aware of what they're doing. You're aware of what they're doing wrong. Why didn't you stop them? Doing nothing is a choice. And you made that choice, and that choice didn't help this family. It didn't help this household. So doing nothing is not a good choice. And I am grooming you. I'm training you for a life in the future. And after this occasion, you're never going to let this happen. Sure enough, I learned my lesson very, very well. I was never, ever going to be put in that position to be switched again. How did I go about controlling my brothers when one of them were actually older than me? Well, I had my ways. And on occasion, I may have tied my brother to a piece of furniture or a tree stump, because as children, we do the things that we try to do to, you know, 
keep control of the situation the best we can. But I learned a very, very important lesson that I am responsible. I am going to grow up to be an adult. And growing up in Sri Lanka in the middle of a civil war where lives and the time of our life was not certain, it also helps me under- helped me understand why I also, in addition to trying to be the adult and hold the normalcy of a household and hold things in order in the household, also helped me understand why I was being groomed to be the mother if anything happened to my mother. By the time I was 10, I knew how to cook and clean and run a household. And sure enough, by the time I was 16, I had to leave my home, my home country, and go to another country, raise a family, and do the things I needed to do. But I, as much as I did not like it as a child, as I grew older, I realized the value of being able to do those things and the value of being set up by whatever methods my family chose to and my community chose to, at some level, they groomed me to be able to deal with life. And it was our community's way of making sure that we set up a succession plan And all families in all cultures have that kind of approach for building families and relationships and roles and responsibilities to last beyond our lifetime so that we can pass it on to the next generation. Now, if I step aside from that family, the smallest unit of society, and go into the role of As children, we are raised by our families. As parents, we are raising children. But there is also the interaction between the school, the university, and everybody who's engaged in the educational journey of a young person and a young adult, all the way into adulthood as we go through college and university. So helping students stand on the shoulders of those who came before them to continue to make this world a better place than they found it have all been how I have been introduced to the world of teaching and learning and growing in the society I grew up and learned. So I have continued in my own adult life to teach, and I have taught for over 15 years, because I truly embraced the peace and joy that came with passing on that wonderful ability to enable the future generation. And as I'm teaching graduate school and in an adult classroom, it has been one of the most rewarding professional experiences of my life. And as leaders in the business world, we are continually recruiting, developing, and grooming the next generation of folks who are gonna succeed us both in our organizations and in a society like ours, who's gonna lead our society? Who is gonna make sure that the framework we all function under is gonna work well for all of us who are collectively coming together in this functional society? So as a businesswoman, I have had the privilege And as a finance executive, I have had the honor of funding and grooming and making that possible. So this topic is so near and dear to me. And succession planning alongside grooming the next generation is a very, very important process. And I'm so glad that we are going to have the opportunity to have this show today. And we are going to explore what this means in 
various aspects of our life. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com. When you make decisions, do you ever find yourself in doubt? Are you trying to figure out what's right with you? Are you ready to truly change your life? Listen for the Access Consciousness Radio Show with the founders of Access Consciousness, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane Here. Consciousness is all about including everything and judging nothing. Our program will help you break free from your personal limitations and enhance positive change in all areas of your life. Tune in to Access Consciousness, Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com listening to unleash your inner goldilocks how to get it just right to reach dr cass henry or her guest today please call 1-888-346-9141 that's 1-888-346-9141 you may also send an email to dr cass henry at hotmail.com now back to this week's program Welcome back to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. Our goal today is to unleash all that is noble in each person so we can build organizations and society worthy of our lifetime and efforts here on Earth. We want to create the right climate to help each person build their legacy. And to help me with this effort, I have a wonderful guest, Tom Bayer, who's a partner Business Advisory Services at Sikich. And Tom is a CPA along with additional credentials to do the things he does over the last 25 years, helping clients build their business and grow their economic success. He provides clients with a broad range of accounting, tax, and advisory services. But most importantly, he specializes 
in the area of business succession planning, which makes him the perfect guest for the show today. Tom, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kaz. Thank you for having me. Great. So I want to start off with trying to get to the bottom of how did you, having started in accounting and tax and advisory service, how did you stumble upon succession planning as a core competency? What got you down this path and what made you successful in carving a niche for yourself? I'm sure the audience would love to hear your journey and the path you took to arrive here through your own process of transformation. Well, uh, thank you. So I've been with the firm for 25 years, and probably around 1999, year 2000, I started to uh, venture into um, various areas of consulting. So at that time, I had about seven years of experience with the firm. Mm-hmm. My first journey into consulting was uh, something that was fairly new to our industry called performance measurement or performance management, something you're very familiar with, of course. Yes. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Our firm at that time and still today services a lot of middle market businesses. So um, I ventured into that area with the idea that we would provide those consulting services to the middle market. And that evolved into uh, what we called business dashboard consulting. Mm -hmm. And what we learned in that process was that, you know, middle market to implement an effective and sustainable business dashboard probably was uh, a bigger investment than our business clients in the middle market were willing to spend. So in in mid-2000s, I also recognized that uh, we were going to have a lot of business owners transitioning their business as baby boomers started to look toward retirement. We started looking uh-huh. for a platform to offer business succession planning services. So in about 2009, uh, I also started providing some consulting services around business succession planning. And really, a lot of my training came from a group called Business Enterprise Institute, which is a group that provides a certification, certified exit planner certification, and um, they were very uh, useful in, in helping me uh, design a process, and I'm still a member today and, and actually do some training for that group. But there are other very good groups across the country that provide professionals with that kind of training. So, But overall, I've always had a passion within the industry to really make a difference and find a way to make a difference. Mm-hmm. So many of our services as CPAs are really driven by uh, compliance uh, or other requirements, you know, banks or bonding companies or tax authorities require filings, and we certainly are um, qualified to provide those services, but in many cases, clients uh, see those as necessary evils, and so the, the real rewarding part of our business is to provide consulting services that really help them, in our case, in this case, prepare for an exit uh, or prepare for succession, but also just in general improve their business overall. 
That that is such an interesting trajectory and some very very important insights that you shared with us. So you started off talking about how you entered the advisory services to do performance management. And you and I work in this world. I know we have worked on uh, issues in the past together. So our professional paths have crossed. And when we talk about performance um, management, I come from the school of thought of balanced scorecard and organizations looking at their organizational performance from a truly balanced perspective. By that, it means looking at organizational hiring, learning, and development from its own core competency and people part, then using people and their core competencies and development to drive innovation in processes and products, as well as drive customer service. And if the processes and products and customer service is flowing through right, then the fourth component of financial success comes naturally. But it's always the lagging indicator while learning and development and recruiting is the leading indicator, which is the foundation for everything the organization is going to successfully or unsuccessfully accomplish or not, right? And so as we go through that process, it automatically lays the foundation for thinking about who are we hiring? How are we going to develop them? How does this help in our innovation and our growth? And how are we building to last? So did you see that kind of a thought process working with your mid-market clients? Normally, larger corporate clients are more in tune with it because of what the market and the boards demand. I just want you to talk a little bit about uh, mid-market clients more open to that kind of a conversation as well. They were very open to it, Cass. Mm -hmm. In uh, in fact, actually developing those leading indicators came Mm -hmm. fairly easy. Um, You you know, um, many companies, whether it's a manufacturer or professional services company or construction contractor, uh, over time, there are some consistencies in those metrics. I think the challenge was that in the middle market, the, the systems are so are not integrated, and so a customer service metric or a um, employee satisfaction metric uh, was was hard to achieve without spending uh, a lot of money either purchasing a system, implementing a process, or mm-hmm. integrating systems so that those metrics could be reported uh, continuously and accurately into somewhat of a balanced scorecard that you described. So mm-hmm. that was a challenge once you identified what those key metrics were to that unique business. Uh, then it became a, a challenge implementing that concept because of the, of the system challenges, if you will. That makes total sense. So today I was reading in the newspaper where even a big company like J.P. Morgan Chase is kind of struggling with trying to figure out who is going to succeed Jamie Dimon. Every person they have selected and thought of grooming is leaving to be the CEO or the COO or a executive level position in another company. And that news brief continues to talk about everybody is assuming the CEO is not leaving and therefore people are not waiting around. So succession planning becomes a little more tricky. It's not just about wanting to do it. 
It's about everybody involved in the process actually believing in it and then engaging in it and then living a life congruent to that plan. So what are some of the roadblocks you have seen and what do you think actually makes it work? Well, it's really a, a, a good question, Cass, and, and I will start with um, um, there are really four underwriting questions that we try to answer when we work with clients, and I'll start mm-hmm. sort of in reverse order to, to try to address your, your question. Mm-hmm. The question of what next for a lot of business owners is one that's very hard for them to grapple with. Their identity um, is their business, and, and in many cases, uh, forty plus years of their life, and, and um, you know, the, the, most of their waking hours for the last forty years have been spent building and monitoring uh, that that business and, and worrying about that business. So, um, the, the idea of what next is really a difficult one to grapple mm-hmm. with. And, and you mentioned Jamie Dimon. I think. There's lots of examples out there, regardless of the size of business, where young management team or young entrepreneurial um, executives lose patience uh, with the idea that the the CEO isn't willing to um, step down or or define that timeline when they're going Mm -hmm. to step down. And, you know, in return... Um, it creates opportunity for others because those are very talented individuals and um, um, they uh, they can benefit from all of the skills and talents and experiences they've learned um, at, at a J.P. Morgan, as an example. Um, mm-hmm. So, and obviously, J.P. Morgan loses uh, institutional competencies that they, they would probably rather not lose in that yes. situation. Mm-hmm. So, um, but, you know, what next? And I think, uh, realistically, it's, it's just hard for the people to make the difficult decisions about, um, you know, exiting the business and, and selecting a successor. And in some cases, there's a lot of family dynamics that are um, at play in, in a middle market business. So a lot of obstacles and, and capital um, is, is certainly part of it, too, in terms of how you're going to um, get your equity through the business and get liquidity to um, – I truly loved the point you made about executives identifying themselves with their job. And when we come back from break, I really want to build on that topic, Tom, so that we can actually peer into, peek into what does that mean? And do we need to change that mindset if we're truly going to build organizations that are capable of building and executing succession planning? So with that, let's go off to break and we will pick this up when we get back with my guest, Tom Bayer. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook, 
That's K-A-S-Henry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Henry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Unleashing Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. And thank you for joining me and my guest, Tom Bayer. Tom, just before we went off for break, we were talking about how people who have built businesses and who have built organizations so closely identify themselves with their job. And that makes the succession planning harder because for them, it's about losing their identity. It happens not just with people who have built businesses. It's also with people who have come in to a larger corporation and grown up within the organization and reached the pinnacle. But once again, we live in a day and time in a society where people's identifier is their job. So what are some of the risks of having that kind of a identifier Am I my job or who I am comes into my job to help shape my job? And therefore, when I leave this job, I'm still hanging on to who I am at the core and I get to continue to enable other people to stand on my shoulders and take this beyond my capabilities because different people are going to come and take every organization to the next level. And that is a very, very uh, important conversation to have. It is not necessarily always a conversation the business world normally has because it's not about the money. It goes more into the psychology and the humanity of things. So I was just curious what your thoughts are. Well, I I, I think that 
all of us in business um, build our reputation, our success, and at times maybe we uh, fall back on our laurels and allow that to sort of carry us and uh, don't challenge ourselves um, as professionals to to be lifetime learners. I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of a laziness at times where we um, we accept uh, where we're at and the and the, the comfort that we're feeling at that point. So mm-hmm. I think business owners um, and and understandably so uh, many times go through a lot of high pressure situations and the peaks and valleys of a of a middle market business and. And uh, competing every day, and debt, and employees, and all the issues that you fight—that it's hard to—it's um, hard to judge them on on that issue when we haven't walked in their shoes. But I will say mm-hmm. that I think that they—I would challenge all of uh, my my colleagues out there in the professional world that really our mission is is to continue to contribute to society. And if that means that we've outgrown or we, we've, we've prepared the business for transition and, and we have younger management professionals that, that realistically could take the business to the next level, then we have to recognize that as, as, uh, as professionals and, uh, and find that exit point and find that answer to the question of what next for us. And, and I think what next is taking those experiences and challenging ourselves to a, a new challenge. Mm-hmm. And I so totally agree. When I went to work for Aon as one of their CFOs in their organization, what we ran into is we had a, folks who were over 55 who have been in the industry, the aging baby boomers, and then there was the rest of us all under 35. We had a generational gap. There was no succession planning, obviously, because there was a generational gap. And one of the things we decided to do is we saw that as a business continuity risk, we developed a early career development plan that linked to the succession plan. And we took all the aging baby boomer professionals and said, you know what? Your contribution to this organization is not just what you have done in your job. It continues on for you to groom the next generation. And we had detailed conversations and training sessions about the importance of ennobling the next generation. And we truly were able to create a 16-partner university every year, bringing in 60 to 80 young people in and using the baby boomer maturity and experience and their capacity to groom the next generation, once we won their hearts and minds about what we needed to do and why, we were able to shape that change we needed to see inside the organization. So I have personally been a part of journeys that have been possible when approached the right way and helping people see that they are larger than their job. Their contribution lives on post-retirement by helping somebody else be successful because their work continues to live through the lives they have shaped. And I have seen programs like that succeed. And I'm so glad to hear you say that you have seen it succeed too. And this takes us to a perfect time where I'm told we have a caller, Della from Chicago. Uh, Hello, Della. Uh, Hello, Dr. Cass. 
How are you today? Good. How are you? I am good. So what do you have to share with us today? Any thoughts? I have Any a question. Yes. I have a question from Mr. Bayer. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Bayer, um, when an employer starts their succession planning, should they just focus on, on their succession plan efforts on a high potential individual or, you know, for everyone in the company? And also, is there a specific model of an individual that you would recommend? Well, I, I think the simple answer is when you uh, succession planning uh, is an ongoing process for key positions. Um, I think that um, uh, when we do succession planning for uh, a lot of our business clients, uh, we look at we take a very comprehensive approach and not only look at the soft issues of who's the next leader or leaders, but we also look at um, the actual ownership succession and the transaction involved in in transferring the, the stock or the assets of that company uh, either to children or to a management team or possibly an ESOP or or potentially even an outside buyer or an investor or equity group. So um, I just wanted to clarify that it's not only looking at succession of personnel and finding that that next leader or those key positions, but it's it's much more comprehensive and and we 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 do concern ourselves with you know the risks that exist in the business and the future risks of of continuity and and potential issues like product obsolescence or customer concentration or um, other you know major risks that might impact the value and the continuity in terms of people, um, there is no, I think there's a lot of good models out there on how to evaluate who that next successor is for those key positions. Uh, but um, clearly, I think that's an area where, um, you know, depending on the size of the business, there, there might be an HR department that is continuously looking at, you know, who those personnel or who, who might be in a backup role for any key position at any time. One of the things we really focus on, though, and it, it, it crosses all of these issues, is is planning for the unexpected exits. And whether that's the owner of the business or a key employee, the business has to always think about positioning itself to react to that uh, so that it doesn't disrupt the business or disrupt the value of the business. Uh, it's, it's probably impossible to say that it won't disrupt it at all, but if we can mitigate that impact of, of an unexpected event, whether it's you know whether it's a tornado or whether it's a, um, a surprise offer from a potential buyer, or whether it's a disagreement amongst the management group or ownership group, or an even more extreme unfortunate event such as a health issue or even death. So we we really focus on the idea of being prepared for the unexpected, which forces our clients to really think about business succession on an ongoing basis. I'm glad you uh, framed your answer that way, Tom, because truly goes to the heart of business continuity to remain a going concern so that they can continue to utilize the investment dollars that investors are putting in the business to then continue to innovate and serve 
through goods and services, the marketplace. So it's truly not about a person. A person's career path becomes a component from a higher to grooming and to growth as part of the succession plan, but the succession plan truly is part of business continuity risk mitigation. So thank you for clarifying that. Della, did you have a follow-up question? Uh, no, that he pretty much answered my question. Thank you very much, Mr. Bear, and thank you very much, Dr. Cass, for taking my call. Thank Thanks, you for Della. joining us, Della. It was okay. a pleasure. Bye-bye. Thank you. So, Tom, one of the uh, questions that come up when people talk about succession planning is, are there specific models that one can use for succession planning? GE has a nine-blocker model where they have performance as well as uh, competency on the X and Y scale, and they chart people out as part of who are co-people, who are going to stay with the business, who have the potential to grow, who have the potential to increase their contribution versus who are the people who are not cutting it, where do we need to make changes for our hires. So there are so many different organizations having different tools to evaluate and go through this process. So I wanted to frame that thought before we went into our next break so that when we come off of our break, I want to pick up the conversation and hear your thoughts on this as well as share some of your insight with our audience. Is that going to be okay, Tom? That would be great. Okay, thank you very much. And so we shall go off to our break and we will join our audience in a few minutes. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. 
You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions, some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. You're listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Henry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Thank you for joining us back on Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get Things Just Right. And Tom, let's continue our conversation with regards to what are your thoughts and recommendations on any specific models, businesses, or even organizations for that matter, whether it's governmental organizations, not-for-profit organizations, professional organizations, because succession planning is not unique to business. And so what are some of the models out there people can use? And is there any specific model that you have found that works well? Well, you mentioned one earlier, Cass. We were talking about performance measurement, and I, I, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of the balanced scorecard model mm-hmm. of, of sort of monitoring business performance as it really forces an organization to look at uh, all of the leading indicators that they identify, and uh, as our profession has uh, historically been historians, and so um, that model um, should, to some extent, help us identify as business leaders where we need to focus our efforts, where we see those metrics um, falling or, or lagging mm-hmm. behind uh, targets or maybe industry peers. So I'm a big fan of that model, but within that model and within the, the idea of uh, you know, leadership succession, um, I, I would I would simply say I think there's a lot of good models out there, and I think um, the, the first step any any middle market business needs to take is to recognize that there is a need to focus on this area. And if you're 20 employees or 200 employees, you know obviously a business with 200 employees is more likely to have uh, an HR function that that um, to take on, uh, you know, some responsibility to uh, to manage that uh, leadership succession plan and that training and development plan to help us uh, replace key leaders as there's retirements and and other um, you know voluntary um, exits from the business. So um, the model that we use in the middle market when we engage a client is really one of initially an assessment and somewhat of a comprehensive assessment, not only of the the business, but of the business owner and their personal goals. And uh, a lot of times the business owner's spouse will be involved in that um, interview process. And and, uh, even the key employees, we will talk to some of the key employees um, about the future. And in that assessment process, we hope to identify all of the necessary next steps, and we deliver what we call a client action plan to that client, and it's a fairly broad range of recommendations many times, 
and it deals with specific issues we've identified after doing somewhat of a due diligence process where we, we look at key agreements and, and personal and business financial statements as well as uh, tax returns for both personal and business. And, and as I said earlier, we do go through a comprehensive interview process with uh, several members of ownership and management. So um, and from there, we really engage a team. And I think the model that I would, I would suggest to the listeners is this is a comprehensive and complex process, and there's a, uh-huh. there's a team of people that is needed. And, and that does certainly include somebody from an HR function, but also um, likely a financial planner and maybe a valuation professional, certainly uh-huh. an attorney on the estate planning and on the business planning side. And there certainly needs to be a tax professional. And so we, we try to fill the role of, of coordinating all of those efforts to deliver a plan to the owner, an implemented plan that helps them with their financial security, but also uh, takes into mind all of the stakeholders that are affected by that business, including the, you know, the employees and the customers and the vendors and, and the banks that may have a, a lending relationship with that business owner. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear you say that this is not a one-and-done process. It's not a very straightforward process. It's a very thought-out, complex, coordinated process. And it needs to look at the people involved and the organization involved from a multitude of perspectives, including tax, because that's something that everybody forgets until the last minute and then people scramble around to figure out what the tax implication of anything is, right? So I'm glad you surfaced the tax conversation as well. If you were to give our audience one nugget of advice, if they just joined in, they haven't heard any of the previous conversations, and they're going to have one important takeaway, what would that be? And what would you like to share with our audience today, Tom? Well, I think I'd go back to something I said earlier, and that is, you know, consider what happens, consider the, the, the most dramatic, unexpected events that could happen and whether or not your business is prepared for those events and and, um, and, and consider what could happen to your family um, and, and other stakeholders, employees, and, the, and their families if you haven't properly planned and, and frankly, funded um, through you know, a lot of times and some sort of insurance product is used to help mitigate some of those risks that uh, that an unexpected event might might uh, bring on but but I think you um, you know the first thing for a business owner to do is is recognize that they need to invest time and money their time and, and some mm-hmm. money into an advisory team to help them just understand what types of risks they have and then how to mitigate those risks it's not to say that there might be some risks. Um, you know, there's a lot of businesses out there that have a customer mm-hmm. concentration issue, um, you know, and there may be very little they can do to mitigate that risk. There are some, uh, there are some, you know, some solutions, but, but in effect, it may be just not overinvest, knowing that if that if that key customer goes away, that you don't want to be overextended. So mm-hmm. I think the, 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 the biggest piece of advice I would give uh, business owners is 
is, you know, engage in your, whoever your trusted advisor is, whether it's an attorney or an insurance uh-huh. advisor, a financial advisor, or a CPA, engage in that advisor and have a conversation about risk with them and, and risk of, of potentially, you know, an unexpected event occurring, whether it's a key employee leaving or okay. um, you not mm-hmm. being able to perform in the business. So that, okay. that, that that's perfect. That's advice. perfect advice. And what I'm gathering from that is it is true that a organization's failure to plan becomes their plan to fail, and therefore we need to be proactive, we need to stay engaged, and we need to mitigate for that risk. And oh my goodness, I can't believe we're at the end of our hour, Tom. It has been a pleasure to have you on the show. And please uh, let the audience know if there is a website they can contact you at if they want to seek your guidance as they build their businesses and plan for their future. Well, th- first of all, thank you very much, Dr. Henry, and, and as always, it's great to talk with you, and I uh, appreciate the opportunity and, uh, and the continuing professional relationship that we've maintained over the years. My pleasure. Our website is uh, com. six letters, and your audience can reach me directly. I'll give you an email address. It's tom, T-O-M, dot Bayer. B-A-Y-E-R at sickitch.com. And my direct line, should they want to call me, is 217-862-1704. Thank you so much for that, Tom. And I am so glad that my audience and you have enjoyed uh, this conversation. I encourage everybody to download this episode from my uh, host page, Uh, as well as bookmark it and share it with your network. It's truly been a pleasure to have my audience spend this hour with me. Thank you for being a part of Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. And remember, every human interaction is an opportunity for us. It's our opportunity for transformation. So let's go out there and transform lives. And let's not forget, we got to start with our own. Thank you for tuning in to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. Please join Dr. Cass Henry again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another edition of the program. We'll see you then. 